Welcome back to the 118 Podcast. I am Scotty Thompson, the youth pastor at Faith Baptist Church, and last night I made a big mistake. I forgot to plug my uh, microphone into the correct jack on our recorder, so it completely just did not record anything except my pocket and a little bit of my voice in the background as I walked around, so I figured that wouldn't be much help of you, uh, much help to you as you listen uh, to this. And it, it looks like we had around 50 people listen to the last one in the week span. I um, appreciate uh, all of you that have listened and that have commented on that one, and I pray that it's a help to parents, not just our teens, um, that it's a, a help to parents that are in our church, and also just anyone who uh, is dealing with the matters of depression or lacking hope in their life. This whole purpose is in, uh, this whole purpose of uh, this series is to find hope. And uh, our, our kind of theme of the series is finding purpose and meaning in an aimless world. Purpose and meaning in an aimless world. And I'll go with you as I did last night with our teenagers, just kind of review of that. Um, every teenager will more than likely encounter purpose in their life. However, that does not automatically mean that they will gain meaning from that purpose. And last week, we talked about what happens when a teenager doesn't even have purpose, how that can lead to depression, how that can lead to suicidal thoughts. Uh, This week, we're going to turn more towards the idea of meaning um, as it relates to our daily lives. We're going to talk about acceptance today. And as we'll look at Colossians 2 some, we're going to look just at verses 9 and 10 here. It says, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, speaking of Christ, which is the head of all principality and power. I'll just start out with saying this. We all long to be accepted. We all long and desire to fit in. Uh, to belong, to have some sense of belonging in the culture that is surrounding us. Um, I recently had a discussion with a former youth member who actually attended youth group before I came here as youth pastor. And he said to me, uh, one of the saddest things that I've heard any older man say, I mean, he's my age, he's 25 years old, um, and his life is obviously just kind of torn apart. And he even admitted to me that his life is a mess Uh, But the entire reason that he stopped coming to youth group in the first place, the reason that he stopped attending church is because he didn't feel accepted by those around him. And he didn't feel comfortable in youth group after a certain situation went down. And uh, everything uh, about his experience after that certain situation became just this feeling of embarrassment, this feeling of unacceptance, like he did not belong Uh, in church. And may I remind you, if you're a teenager listening to this, or if you're a parent listening to this, Satan wants nothing more than to make you as a teenager or to make your uh, daughter or your son feel unwelcomed in places that they should be. And I try to remind our teens often, and I, I try to remind them so often, hey, make sure that you're attending not only church, but that you're coming to church activities because it's so imperative Uh, that you realize how important that fellowship is towards one of another, especially if you go to public school or you're not around Christian friends all the time. But we as teenagers, uh, we we want to be accepted. Uh, We we want people to let us into their lives and for us to be part of the cool crowd and for all of these things to be true. I I like this uh, story from uh, just a little thing that Max Lucado said. He said a little boy named Adam wanted to be like his friend Bobby. Adam loved the way that Bobby walked and the way that Bobby talked. Bobby, however, wanted to be like Charlie. Something about Charlie's stride and accent intrigued him. Charlie, on the other hand, was impressed with Danny. Charlie wanted to look and sound like Danny. 
Danny, all of the things, had a hero's well. Adam. He wanted to be just like Adam. So Adam was intimidating Bobby, who was intimidating Charlie, who was imitating Danny, who was imitating Adam. Turns out all Adam had to do was just be himself. And isn't that the the truest story that you can think of when it comes to teen relationships with each other? Uh, They don't know who they are. You you haven't decided what your life is and who you're going to be yet. Uh, But there is no more uncomfortable feeling than feeling unaccepted, alone, and uncared for. One of the deepest problems we face in our lives is this problem with acceptance. And maybe you're sitting there listening to this podcast, and maybe you have thoughts in your mind like, I don't have any friends, or at least I don't have friends that actually really care about me. Maybe you're sitting, you're listening to this, and you think, well, I feel like my parents don't care. I feel like my parents are distant, and they they don't really love me. Maybe they're just putting up with me. Maybe you feel rejected by the opposite sex. Uh, Maybe you feel like no one understands you and what you're going through. Uh, Maybe you feel like those in charge of you, your authorities, have no desire to get to know you, that they don't even care if you're in their life at all. Maybe you lack identity. Uh, maybe you don't know who you want to be or who you are in general. Maybe you feel like you, if you if you just got a hold of a girlfriend or boyfriend, then finally you would be loved and accepted for who you really are. Because then we can have someone who fully accepts us in love. Uh, maybe you're a kid, maybe you're a teenager that's in a divorced family. You have uninterested parents and you feel unaccepted, uncared for, and unloved. Maybe you have a lack of a social life with with people actually in person. Uh, Physically, you don't have a social life. These are all things that can add and can make you feel unaccepted in life. And because of these things that you experience, because of these things that either you just perceive in your mind that are actually a falsehood put by Satan, but because of these things, we often look for acceptance in all of the wrong places. I've seen teenagers look for acceptance in many different ways. And just to be honest with you, I've looked for acceptance as a teenager in all different ways. And looking back now in the rearview mirror to my teenage years, I can see so many of the things that I did just wanting to be accepted. First thing is we want to become cool. Uh, We just want to be with people that we perceive as kind of having it all put together. They have life figured out a little bit more and they are cool. They have a lot of friends. Uh, They have maybe a talent or a skill that we don't, and we want to become like them. Uh, Maybe we sell out to what others want us to do. I see teenagers, this this happens all the time, where teenagers don't feel like they're accepted, so they get a group of friends that they perceive are cool, and maybe those friends are participating in an activity or doing something that uh, they know they as a Christian should not be participating in, but just because they want to be accepted, they fall into doing that. Uh, Maybe you're trying to be someone who you're not. And maybe you're growing up too fast just so you can finally be in control and you can finally be the person that's in charge so you can accept even yourself. Maybe you're trying to grow up too fast. Maybe you're being rebellious and and maybe one of the reasons that you're being rebellious is simply so you can show everybody else that you're different. So that you could show everyone else that that you have something special in your life and no one's going to tell you who you're going to be, how you're going to be, and who you are. Many, many times teens reach out in rebellion. Uh, They reach out by being bad in order to get people to notice their suffering underneath all of that. Maybe they do that consciously or unconsciously. I don't know. 
Maybe you uh, feel completely rejected, unaccepted, and lonely. However, let me tell you this, that's a dangerous and a dark place to be. And if you stay there, you will become a person that you were never designed by God to be. However, if you think you are uncared for, If you think you are unloved and if you think you are unwanted, I can say this with a resounding certainty. You are wrong. You are exactly where Satan wants you. He has his hold and his grasp on you. He wants you to feel unwelcome, unloved, and unwanted. And you to God are none of those things. And there is hope. I could go on and on about and tell you about ways how you can find acceptance by becoming friendly. Uh, You can find acceptance by being around other Christians, uh, going to church activities, finding two or three good friends. Instead of trying to be friends with everyone, find two or three good friends. Uh, Be a good friend and and kind of fix yourself and be a friend who other friends want to be around and be the friends you want to be and just wait and God will give you that ultimate friendship relationship that you'll have with a future spouse if you're just patient. But even if you didn't do any of that, you are still accepted if you're a Christian. You have, if you're a Christian, you have a loving parent. Maybe you don't have one here on earth, but let me tell you this. You have a loving parent, a heavenly father, Abba in heaven, who loves you and cares for more you, you more than you can ever imagine. You have a friend who is always with you. You are not rejected. There is someone who completely understands you. There is someone who knows your true identity and who you are. There's, there's someone who wants you. There's someone who cares for you, and there's someone who loves you with an everlasting, ultimate love, and it's Jesus Christ and God the Father. So let's notice, uh, as we discussed today on this podcast, three ways that God accepts you. Three ways that God accepts you. First of all, He accepts you through grace. Ephesians 1.6 says, To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. Colossians 2.10 says, And ye are complete in Him which is the head of all principality and power. Grace, this is what Adrian Rogers said. This is a quote from Adrian Rogers, who's one of my favorite all-time preachers, probably my favorite all-time preacher. Grace is God's acceptance of us. And faith is our acceptance of God's acceptance of us. I know that's kind of wordy, but let me read that one more time. Grace is God's acceptance of us. And our faith in Him is our simple acceptance of, of God's acceptance of us. That's all that faith is. It's just an accepting of God's acceptance of us. That's what grace is. You may not feel accepted in life. Uh, Maybe when you walk through the doors of church, you're a teenager listening to this, who maybe you didn't come to youth group on Wednesday because you feel unaccepted. You want to be there, but you don't want to be there around those other people. And I want you to ask yourself a serious question. Is it because I don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? That brings me to the second point. He accepts you through a personal relationship. God is never distant. God is never far away from you. And if you are feeling far from God listening to this right now, if you feel distant from God, I want you to ask yourself a simple question. If you're far away from God, who moved? Did you move or did God move? Are God's promises still true that he is always with you as a Christian? Or did you move? If you feel alone, it's because you moved. It's because in a sense you have turned your back on your creator and you have walked away from him. 
Let me just tell you this. A, a big part of this message originally was going to be about the prodigal son, but I changed that. If you feel alone, turn back to your God. If you feel unaccepted in your Christian walk, turn back to your God. We see all the way through the scriptures how men went through struggles of loneliness, but they did it with the Lord. Jeremiah, David, and Paul all dealt with this matter of loneliness, but each one of them eventually found their hope and found the grace of God. Psalm 63, 1-11 says, O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. David desired God so much, he, he used the illustration of someone who is thirsty in a desert and a thirsty land where no water is. That's how much he wanted God. He said later or earlier in Psalm 42, 1-2, As the heart or as the deer panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. It's like a deer uh, that, that just wants to get a drink of water. Have you ever been so parched that all you can think about, your all-consuming thought was, how can I get a hold of water? I remember in middle school playing baseball and being so thirsty out there in left field. And you don't know what a bad position that is to be in if you play baseball and how bad it was. But <laughs> I can remember being out there in the heat of the summer and the, just the heat. Uh, and I remember the only thought in my mind sometimes would be Gatorade. Uh, that would be my only thought because I was extremely thirsty. We see that David here, his only thought was his yearning for God. That's what he wanted. When he felt far away from God, he said, God, would you just come back? Lord, I want to be in that personal, close relationship with you. James 4, 8 says, draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. If you're feeling unaccepted right now, I also want you to think about the life of Jeremiah. Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet. Jeremiah did not have an easy walk of it as a prophet, um, but Jeremiah was able to say with comfort in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. And he also said in Jeremiah 31, 3, the Lord hath appeared of old time unto me saying, yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, have I drawn thee. Jeremiah as the weeping prophet wasn't allowed to be married. He didn't have friends. Uh, Jeremiah struggled through life, but his hope was in the Lord, and God has a, had a great task for him. And Jeremiah was accepted of God, and he trusted that relationship that he had with his heavenly Father. God accepts us through our relationship with him. But God, lastly, also accepts us through eternal life. Not only does he want you now and wants to accept you now, but he wants to accept you forever. It says in Romans 3.10, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. This is the problem of sin that separates us from the acceptance of God. Sin uh, cuts us off from our fellowship with God, uh, and we are never allowed to fellowship with God for an eternity if we still have sin within us. And it says uh, in Romans 5.12, wherefore it's by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. Romans 6.23, for the wages or the work of, of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And my favorite verse in the book of Romans, Romans 5, 8 and 9, but God commendeth his love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. 
says in Romans 10.13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Are you accepted by God today? Have you ever truly come into a personal relationship with Christ? If you've not done that, I would invite you to do that today. It's as simple as admitting that you're a sinner. And the scripture is very clear that, that none are righteous, not even one. No, not one, the Bible says. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God, it says in Romans 3.23. You are a sinner. God wants you to admit that. God wants you to acknowledge that you are a sinner and that your sin keeps you from heaven. I explain to our teenagers all the time that heaven is a perfect place. And that God dwells there, and in that perfect place, no sin can dwell in the presence of God. So how are we going to get into heaven as sinners that fall short of the glory of God? Well, God provided a way through believing in Jesus Christ for putting our faith in Him. We accept His acceptance of us. It says, but God commendeth His love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And then lastly, it says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. So we must admit that we're sinners. We must believe that Jesus Christ came, lived a perfect life, died a gruesome and, and vile and uh, honestly an undeserved death on the cross for our sins. If you're listening right now, he died for your sins. Not just every, he died for you personally. He died that you might put your faith in him and go with him to glory forever. I love to explain to our teenagers that the question often is, why didn't God just save everyone? If God has the ability, if he has the ability to save us, why didn't he just mandate it for everyone and automatically just make us all saved so that no one would have to go to hell? That, that way that God could just be all love and he could send everyone to heaven. Why couldn't God do that if God is perfect? Why couldn't God do that if he was all controlling? I love to explain to our teenagers that forced love is not love. If I took you from where you're sitting or standing or whatever you're doing right now, and I introduced you to the new love of your life, and I said, now you love this person, and, and they love you. That would not be love. That would be what I like to call forced love. And forced love is not love. Jesus Christ is not going to force you to love him. Jesus Christ, by his wisdom, wants you to place your faith in him, wants it to be a free will decision that you make to call upon the name of the Lord that you might be saved. If you're sitting there today and you realize, you know what, I've never accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, may I tell you, friend, that's why you don't feel accepted. That's the reason you don't feel accepted by God, why you feel far away from Him. Let me just take a moment and also speak to the Christians. If you feel unaccepted where you are right now, I want you to realize that God is enough, that Christ is enough for your life. That God's enough to get you through. Maybe you're going through a, a hard situation with divorce. Uh, maybe all of their friends are turning their backs on you because of your stance for God. Or maybe you just don't have many friends. I don't know what it is. God accepts you if you're a Christian. And you need to lean into that relationship that he provides. And may I say this, if you lack acceptance amongst friends and you lack acceptance amongst family, God is a perfect person to start to talk to those things uh, talk through those things and to ask him his wisdom and, and start to read the book of Proverbs and get some wisdom about how to how to gain friends, how to have a good family relationship, uh, all those things. God provides wisdom for all those things in his word. And if you feel unaccepted, even by your friends, God has the remedy for all of those things. But I may speak to, first of all, if you're not saved, 
you need to be accepted by God. He's already forgiven. Uh, he's already died for your sins, and He wants to forgive your sins, but He's not going to force you to love Him. He's not going to force you to put your faith in Him. But the moment you put your faith in Him, God will save you. You must admit that you're a sinner, believe on Christ, and simply in the best way that you know how, call on Him to save you. If you've never done that today, in a moment, I'm going I'm to give you an opportunity to. And I, I'm praying that some people that have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ would be listening to this right now. If you're there and, and you don't know if you've put your faith in Jesus Christ before and you realize today that you're a sinner, that Christ came and that he died for you, and that he is willing to save you if you simply believe in him, that he came, that he died, and that he also rose again. Simply call out to Jesus today. I'm going to pray, and I invite you to pray after me silently. If you would, if you've never prayed this prayer before, if you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, it's not this prayer that saves you, it's the faith in your heart. If you want to reach out to Jesus today and ask Him to save you, ask to have fellowship for an eternity, and ask for your sins to be forgiven, simply pray this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, and I know that because of my sin, I am undeserving and unworthy of heaven and fellowship with you for eternity. But today I heard about Jesus Christ, how that you came, how that you lived a perfect life, how that you died an unjust death for my sins on the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for doing that. I ask you in the best way that I know how to take my sins away. Lord, forgive my sins by the power of your blood. And Lord, take me and let me come into fellowship with you for eternity. I accept your gift, your free gift of love to take my sins away. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you for saving me. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, this is just the first step. This is just the beginning of your Christian walk. Know this, that you should have full assurance of your salvation now. You should know 100% sure that you are on your way to heaven now. But I encourage you to get in a local church, a local local Bible preaching church. If you need help with that, reach out to me um, or reach out to one of our pastors here or reach out to a local church that you know loves you. I'd also like to say to those people that are listening that are already Christians, but you deal with this matter of acceptance, put your hope in God. There is hope and he is sufficient for your life no matter what may come.